Welcome to The Magic of Positive Thinking, a podcast hosted by Norb Savanasini, founder of AmericanEagle.com, and content writer, Al Edwards. Norb, happy day, happy podcast day. How are you? I'm wonderful. It's an incredibly beautiful day. I mean, this is uh, uh, halfway through November, and uh, you know, being from Chicago, you're used to feeling winter already. Right. we have had probably the best fall I've ever remember. And uh, it's, it's actually, you know, much better to give thanks to God every day. And, and uh, I'm giving thanks for the first 15 days of November yeah, all at absolutely. once. It's a, it's a heck of a present, 15 days present. Absolutely. Uh, beautiful day. Well, I want to tell you something. I have been uh, inspired by our own podcast. And in my busy days, I have multiple times stopped and looked around at the beautiful orange and yellow leaves and took a deep breath and said, wow, it is great to be alive. Yeah, it, it really is. And, and uh, you know, I was reading the other day a, an article that it said that most people in the world today are walking zombies. And, and when you think about it, it's kind of sad that you know, a zombie is scary, and, and it should be, but uh, they also don't see anything. Exactly. And, yeah, the fall colors this year have been really, really beautiful. I don't know if because of the little rain we've had or what mm-hmm. it is, but it's really beautiful. And, yeah, it's really nice to see things like this and appreciate them. Zombies are dead to the world, and that's the exact opposite that we need to be. We need to look around and be alive. Exactly, yeah and see and be grateful for the world around us. There's no question about that. So, but I just wanted to mention that our own podcast inspires me to remember to do things like that because we're all in the same boat. Yeah. And and it's kind of crazy because Al and I obviously listen to our podcasts and, uh, that adds a lot to the viewership to our, yeah, exactly. Uh, and, um, some of them are really good. In fact, the last two or three we did, I'm, I'm very proud of them. And, and if you haven't listened to them, I really recommend it. Uh, and if you don't like them, you know, send us a note or something because uh, we'd like to know. Exactly. Exactly. Well, of the uh, thousand downloads that we've gotten, 889 of them have been Norb and me. So, you yeah, know, that's, right, the, right. that's the thing. Well, friends, we have a very exciting show for you today because, um, as usual, Norb comes up with some great ideas on some of our shows. And um, he came across a study from NASA, believe it or not. And uh, we all know NASA shooting the rockets up into the sky. And these are the same people who had the audacity to put a man on the moon with a Commodore 64 as their navigation system in 1969. And the math actually worked. And they've come a long way since then. But there was a study, and it has to do with children and the creative genius that we're all born with and what happens to that. So let me go through this a little bit, Norbert. I want to get your uh, initial reactions to it. A test was administered to 1,600 four- and five-year-olds. Of the 1,600, 98% of them scored at the creative genius level. Yeah, and I think this is very important to interrupt you. Sure. 98%, 98%, that means out of 100, 98 of them were creative geniuses. Right. Now, Al will continue with the study. I just wanted to make sure that everybody understands that. Yeah. Everybody, almost, 
is born a genius. Correct. Out of 100 people, 98 of these kids were uh, creative genius on the score level. Five years later, the test was administered again to the same group of children. This time, only 30% scored at the same level. Five years later, the children now in their teens, the test was administered again. And now it went from 98% to 30% five years later. And then in their mid-teens, only 12% scored at the creative genius level. So, friends, what happened there? And the bottom line that happened there is that all of us, through our educational systems, through socializations, we are boxed in in our thinking. And Norb, how did that strike you so deeply when you heard about this, of all of us being conditioned to think within boxes? Well, you know, it's kind of interesting because, uh, you know, when I first read about this thing and, and, I, and I shared it with Al immediately, and obviously we talked about it, we were both amazed about, first of all, this is from NASA. This isn't some Mickey Mouse outfit that did this study. This was very sophisticated by one of the greatest scientific gatherings of, of minds in the, in the world. So, you know, these facts and figures that we give you are, are based on facts. In fact, you can even you know, do a Google on this and, and see that it's true. Now, think about the implications here and think about what causes this. this. This is the interesting part about it. Every kid, just about 98 out of 100, is rated as a creative genius. Now, that doesn't mean that they're geniuses. It means that their creativity is the same as a genius. And let's face it, there's a lot of geniuses out there that aren't worth a shoe. <laughs> right. But, you know, to be creative is very important. And, and I know we always bring Henry Ford and Thomas Edison in our talks, but, you know, uh, Thomas Edison was a very creative type person who, when he was young, everybody thought he was an idiot. However, because everybody thought he was an idiot, nobody taught him anything, he had a, a mind that was undisturbed by all of the things that society imposes on your thinking. Now, there are some things that are imposed that are very good, but there are some, obviously, that basically harm the creative spirit if a person is taught you know, something that is, is according to somebody's basis of what's right and what's wrong without giving this child the ability to think whether he likes that or not, then that creativity is destroyed because he wasn't given the opportunity to say, you know, well, you know, I don't think that's right, you know. Uh, and when I say he, I, I'm, I don't mean to be discriminatory against girls. I think obviously in the 98%, uh, there are an equal amount of girls. and. Uh, uh, it, it's very interesting that the creative level, you're born with it. And uh, going back to our idol, Earl Nightingale, your mind is like soil, and whatever you put into it, it will give you back. So if anything gets out of this, please just remember, when you, when you have a child, let their mind roam free, you know? is the best gift you can give to a child and, and get them interested in actually exercising that brain. And whenever 
whenever you say something, think, is this going to affect them or her in a negative way? Because if you tell them, look, this is what I believe, but you know, there might, there's somebody else that believes it this way. And, and what do you think? And this is the creative factor, you don't want to destroy in a child. Right. So uh, basically that's, that's very important. Now we're here as a teenager and only 12% score the creative geniuses. And obviously we know that when they grow up to be adults, I don't know uh, if there is a, a percentage but uh, I would guess it's very low in the single, low single digits. Mm -hmm. Right. And we're all biased. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I don't think any one of us can be totally unbiased. But I think the goal would be to exercise this incredible brain you have to be creative and think outside the box, you know. Absolutely. And, and let's dig into that a little bit more because you're, you're exactly right. And, you know, the first thing I want to point out very, very clearly is we're going to talk about our educational systems and schools and things of that nature. I want everyone to understand one thing. We are not being critical or ripping on teachers or anything like that. Teachers are wonderful. They're needed more than ever. But teachers, just like the rest of us, are conditioned and are boxed and they're doing the best they can. So please, everything we say, we are not being critical of teachers. We're trying to expand our minds to think about things in a new way. So when we talk about it going down to 12%, the creative genius level, uh, it says here, the first thing that comes to mind and the answer that seems most glaringly obvious is that kids between the ages of five and 15 are sitting in classrooms for eight hours a day supposedly learning valuable skills that will help prepare them for the rest of their lives. Schools are set up like factories. They process kids through a one-size-fits-all educational pipeline that leaves little room for a divergent thought. The focus is on convergent thinking. Here's some information, memorize it, and we'll, we'll make you take a test to make sure it's stuck. And when I was in high school, Norb, I'll never forget I had a... Uh, I had an uh, earth science professor. His name was Dr. Hubble. And we were going into the prehistoric days, and we had all this incredible stuff that we had to memorize. And I said to him one day, I was 16, Dr. Hubble, do I have to memorize all the names of these dinosaurs and all this stuff? And he said something to me I never forgot, and that was, don't memorize it, understand it. And that's, I think, what we're talking about today. Yeah, yeah I think it's, it's uh, you know, some people really like school and, and they go to school and, and obviously they learn a lot. Some of us, uh, I, I hate to confess this, uh, I would probably commit suicide if I have to go through school again <laughs> because I did not like it. Right. I, I, uh, I was always an avid reader and obviously with Earl Nightingale's that I learned at a, at a young age, uh, I, I thought that expanding my mind was the thing to do. And, and when you sit in a school for eight hours a day and you listen to the teachers, you know, just, just talk in this monotone type of voice and, and you basically just want to wait for that bell to ring you right. know, so you can get the heck out of there. Uh, it, it's really very sad. And, and I think that 
uh, you know, again, Al said something very important. We're not against teachers or we're not against education. I, I definitely believe in it. But I, I think there should be a more open mind to teach these kids to be positive, to open that magic that they had when they were four or five years old. And it is magical to know that 98 out of 100 of these children were geniuses. And, and they actually had a mind that was exploding. Including the teachers, by the way. Including the teachers, yes, yes, right. yes. So it, it's kind of exciting. When, when we read this, we were both, wow, you know, this is really something because uh, I hope that people can understand that we really believe in education, but we believe that education should be geared for what that child is interested in. Because uh, obviously the thing about the dinosaurs was very good. I remember things that, uh, you know, because I like cars, I, I remember the cubic displacement of, of a Ford flathead engine. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, most people could care less about that. And I don't blame them. But, you know, it's something that I know because I was interested in it. Right. But in school, they make you memorize that even if you're a girl or a guy that doesn't want to know about cars. And, and this is basically the, the flaw in basing putting your mind in a, in a semi-prison, so to speak. Exactly. We, we are not against education. What we're trying to talk about is thinking without limits. Exactly. Without putting exactly. our thinking in a box. And the magic of being able to think, uh, which becomes positive because, uh, listen, it's very simple. What you like is not negative. It's positive. You know, whatever you like, whatever you're interested in. Absolutely. And that old expression, uh, do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. Absolutely. Right? Right, right. Well, to further those ideas, this study further went on to say that um, their conclusion was that there's not much room for questioning, for dreaming, or for creating for young minds in the educational system. Sure, younger kids get some of that in art class or on creative writing assignments, but it certainly isn't the focus of any part of compulsory education to keep, teach kids to think creatively and act on their own unique thoughts and perspective. Just to be clear, the study said, Teachers are not the bad guys. They're often just as stuck as we are. The system was designed to operate exactly as it is, stifling creativity and critical thinking and replacing it with memorization and blind obedience to authority. And Norb, we always told the story of uh, Thomas Edison about when he was a kid, one of the biggest criticisms his teacher had, and he was in this one-room schoolhouse kind of environment back then, the biggest criticism he wrote his mother about was that the kid kept asking why all the time. And if you think about your, you know, you have nine grandchildren. We've all been around toddlers, little kids. If you notice, small children are constantly asking why, because being on this earth is a new experience for them and everything is new. They are a blank slate and they want to know why things happen the way they do. And we can never lose that sense of why, that sense of wonder about the world. Really, that was beautifully put. And I think that if you just understand that, and, and again, going to the brain as a piece of soil, it's very important to 
answer that child. And if you don't know the answer, get them to join you in looking at Google, then find the answer right. or, or uh, you know, just get him interested in doing something that he wants to know why. Because I have a very good friend that has a kid that is a very bright, bright kid, and and uh, uh, he's just a nutcase on football statistics. And this kid knows uh, the statistics of players that played in in the fifties and sixties, and and you know I think he's nine years old and. Uh, you know, this is the thing he really loves. And, and luckily he's got a father that not only allows him to do this, but actually promotes him. Yeah. Because one of the things that's interesting is when a person is happy doing what he likes, then the rest becomes a lot easier because he's not encumbered with these uncomfortable things that you don't want to learn. I, for example, uh, you know, I had to take history in, in high school and grade school, and, and I could care less when the Battle of Lexington took place. I could care less. However, today I, I like it. Sure. Okay. But who decided that this has to be thought universally? And this is important because when they give you a test, you've got to remember this. Right. And, and, you know, when you think about it, who, who cares? Uh, now, if you do care about it, God bless you, you know, but you're right. going to learn other things easier if there's not that demand to, that you have to remember things that you're uncomfortable or you don't care about. Because let's face it, there isn't one human alive that thinks 100% like another human. Right. There's, that person doesn't exist. We're all you, truly unique. Yeah. Yeah. And why, going back to what you said about, are we put in this schoolroom where we're just there eight hours a day being fed this thing that somebody decided this is important to you? Right. And I don't know if they're aware of this NASA study, but the NASA study says, don't do this. No, you're, you're exactly right. And, um, the thing of it is, with regard to that, is that I think the original intention of education was was good to know that Lexington was 17, whatever it happened to be. But what was lost over time, I think, is understanding why Lexington happened. What was the philosophy behind the American Revolution? What were they rebelling against? What was George Washington and the founding fathers trying to put together? That information, internalizing that, understanding that, is what molds a human being. Not that it just happened to happen in 1775. I don't even know when it was. It was somewhere around there. What's more important is why it happened and what they were trying to do and thinking about how does that affect me as a 21st century human being? Yeah, and, and you know, one of the nice things about this is that we know for a fact that, that creativity is there. Now, the interesting part about this is that, you know, there were 1,600 four- and five-year-olds. This didn't say there were all whites, 33% blacks, 12% Latino. They didn't say any of this. They said children. And I, I would imagine that NASA being the kind of entity that it is, uh, didn't pick all cherry pick all perfect kids. Right. So 
everybody's got this gift. Everybody, you know, we only use, some people say we only use 10% of our brains. And I, I think that probably that's on the high side. So, you know, 90% of our brain is basically waiting for us to activate it. Right. And, and the thing that we talk about, about the magic of positive mental attitude or, or thinking is that when you think that way, that, wow, you know, I, I want to look at this because I'm interested in this. It's magical because you're going to discover things that very few people know, whatever it might be. There's no question about that. And, um, again, we're not here purposefully, you know, criticizing education. We're, what we're trying to do is apply these kind of concepts to our own lives, Norb's life, my life, your life, friends, and how can we break out of this? How can we change our lives starting today in some of these areas? And some of the more progressive advanced teachers are doing some of the things today like ditching the model where facts are dictated and tests are standardized for an experimental learning environment where kids can get their hands dirty and apply what they're learning to real life scenarios. Uh, multiple choice tests don't reflect the multiple choices in life. Kids should be encouraged to see things from different angles, to find new solutions to old problems and to create something original from their own unique standpoint. A couple more. Rote learning is not going to cut it anymore in the new age of the 21st century. We need to cultivate agile, creative minds capable of innovation and problem solving in a rapidly changing world. And lastly, Instead of cramming information, kids should be mastering a diverse set of skills, communication, critical thinking, creativity, and collaboration that will actually serve them in life. Yeah, and it basically goes down to, you know, what you put into your mind. You know, if you show the kid that he can be creative because he was born with this, and tell him this, tell him, you know something? You were born a genius. Uh, you know, sometimes when you tell somebody this, uh, not only do they feel good, but it's the truth anyway. It's just like when you see a, a, a you know, a, a nice little girl. Uh, I happen to have a great granddaughter that's just really a cute girl. And when you tell her, oh my God, you look pretty, she just brightens up, you <laughs> right. know? And, and, uh, I'm sure that when she's like six or seven years old, if you tell her, you know, you really have a great mind and you can really, you can really think about this. Uh, she'll be just as happy. Absolutely. And instilling belief in yourself is basically programming yourself. Yes. And we allow societies to put us into this box. Right. You know, and it's just like, fashion people uh, uh most ladies I, I know that my wife would never go out unless her purse and her shoes matched <laughs> right i was very careful whenever she was looking at a, at a new outfit i would tell her now do you have shoes and, and a purse <laughs> to match because i know that the dress might be x amount but the shoes and the purse would <laughs> x times 17 you know so you're just trying to save some money right uh, yeah, yeah right but uh, you don't know no, these are things that people should think about that you know what is a cause and effect what we're talking about the choices you right. make in life right 
and and don't be boxed in. You know, we live in this country where probably one of the greatest things about the United States, when you think about it, we had people that left Europe and the people that were wealthy and well-to-do didn't leave Europe or, or other parts of the world, by the way. I don't want to just say Europe. They wanted opportunity. So they actually saw the other side. They weren't boxed in that, let's say that they were from, from a country called Zomania. You know, I don't want to name a particular country, but <laughs> Sounds like a you good know, country. The, the, the Zomanians do this and the Zomanians <laughs> have to act like that. And the Zomanians dress like this and the Zomanians go to this church and the Zomanians. So basically the Zomanian has no original thought. Now here's the Zomanian, they come to America Right. And all of a sudden they have children and they say, in America, you can do whatever you want. And even if they try to remain with their Zomanian social structure, <laughs> right. uh, the, the kid, whether a boy or a girl, sees that, you know, there's other things. And God, in America, I can, I can do this and I can do that. So they've gotten out of that boxed in social structure mm -hmm. that unluckily I think most of the world lives under, you know? Well, first of all, Norm, I'd like to uh, commend you on making up uh, at the spur of the moment, a completely believable name of a country, Zumania. Yeah, in fact, I think that if I ever start a country, that's what I would we'll call, call it. We'll call it Zumania. Yeah, right. what was the one that Groucho Marx had? Fredonia. <laughs> oh, yeah, from, was, I was yeah. just thinking about that from the uh, great uh, yeah. 19th. I like Sidonia, uh, Zumania better. I do too. Of course, Norb is talking about the uh, 1933 picture Duck Soup from the Marx Brothers. That probably you and I are the only ones who have ever heard of that movie. If you haven't heard about it, we talked about this before on this show, and I think it should be, uh, you know, do this during the day. I, I mean, today with the wealth of, of the Internet, you can go to YouTube, put Groucho Marx, <laughs> and, and just watch some of the stupid stuff this guy did with his two brothers, or right. four, uh, right. four uh, three actually. Right. Uh, and, and how stupid it was, but it was funny. Almost you know, or W.C. Fields. The other day I sent Al a, a thing about W.C. Fields, and, you know, almost no one remembers W.C. Fields. He was just one of the funniest guys in the world. And, and he said things that, uh, you know, still remain as an American saying. Like, right. uh, I think he wanted to be buried in, in, uh, in his tombstone and said, I'd rather be, be here, here than, than in Philadelphia. Philadelphia. <laughs> 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 I don't know why. I like Philadelphia, so right. I'm not against Philadelphia. Guys. Right. But that was his one of his famous things, and and uh, he he never he was well known as a drinker. Yes, and uh, you know the reason he didn't drink water is he says you know fish uh, swim in that and they do everything in that water. <laughs> so uh, you know it was just it was just one of those things that it was funny, right? But you know that's that's one of the things about being positive. Being positive means. To be happy and reinforce this stuff, right? Because this stuff is invaluable to feed your brain with with good stuff, you know. And he was seeing booze as positive because you see, friends, the alcohol would sterilize the germs from the fish poop. Yeah, exactly. Right? Whereas exactly. water <laughs> possibly had all kinds of toxins in it. Yeah. Well, uh, I'll tell you. I used to. I want to see what you think about this, Norb. I used to think about this a lot. Why is it in the 21st century, we have 
you know, we had it in the 20th century too, obviously, but, you know, airplanes, cell phones, microwaves, satellites, uh, men on the moon. Why did we have all this today, but we didn't have it four or 500 years ago? And I used to think it was because the intellect of human beings at that time was lower than ours. But the truth is the intellect of people hundreds of years ago was no different than ours. The difference was that we started thinking differently. Yeah. And in fact, you know, you can prove that the, the, the creativity, genius creativity was there. You know, if you ever go to Rome, uh, the stuff that the Romans built is just beyond belief. Unbelievable. In, in fact, uh, you know, there, there's, a, there's a river that runs through Italy called the Arno, which every 20 years or so, and in fact, it just happened, I think, a couple of months ago. It floods and it destroys just about everything in its way. And uh, the interesting part about it, it destroys bridges going across the Arno, but not the Roman built bridges. Wow. So, you know, 2,400 years ago or so, these guys had a lot of creativity. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, in, in Rome, the main sewer line is still in use because actually the Romans had sewers. And, and, and if you go to China, they built the Great Wall of China, which, uh, you know, extends 3,000 miles. And, and, you know, I visited that, and, you know, the thing that amazed me the most is how wide it was. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could have a, a two-lane highway on this thing. And, you know, whenever I, I, I knew about this or, or thought about it, I thought it was just a small Malt, yeah, like a know? little, yeah. This thing is huge, and you wonder, <laughs> my God, who was the engineer? Who did this? So the creativity was always there. But, of course, societies minimize these creative people by giving them things that are opinions. Right. And there's nothing wrong with opinions. We all have them. But you can't have opinions control the creative genius that these children have. And now we know for a fact, one thing that is our difference between us and the Roman times is that today we know that everybody possesses that creative genius. Right. Back then they didn't know. Right. They didn't know that. So, you know, when Michelangelo did the Sistine Chapel, obviously he was a genius. And I, I don't know what his background as a child was, but I'm sure that somebody promoted him to the mentally to the point that he believed he could actually build this dome right, uh, without having an engineering degree or an MBA or anything like that. I mean, he just knew how the heck to do it, you know, because the creative genius was there. And I think what happened in the United States is that when all these people came from other countries, they did not have this structural prison in the children's mind. And they told them, in America, you can do anything. right. So a kid like Thomas Edison or Henry Ford if they were back in wherever they came from, which mm -hmm. is irrelevant, they wouldn't have had that luxury of freedom of thought. Right. The creative genius was still intact right. because nobody imposed these ridiculous dogmas that we have today. And I think this creative genius can be shown in nature too. Um, you know, how does a crow know how to, build a nest and use tools and sticks. No, I've never seen a crow at the community college learning about engineering and it takes us 22 years to figure that out. We're supposed to be the most evolved species. 
this seems to be part of nature, this create, it's like a divine genius creativity that we all yeah, have. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I, I hate to simplify and always bring it back to our, our subject matter. This is the miracle of, of positive mental thinking. Unlimited thinking is yeah, synonymous it's magic. with positive it's, thinking. It's, it's magical. It's, it's unbelievable. We're blessed to have this knowledge. You know, whatever you think, whatever your thoughts are, whatever your beliefs are, now we have knowledge, scientifically proven, that children are born 98 out of 100 with genius capabilities. If we can say one thing, Al and I, I'm sure he shares this thought with me, don't kill this in your children. Right. And we have the ability as adults to revive that creative genius in ourselves by doing things like ask someone unfamiliar with a certain topic uh, what their thoughts would be about something. Ask yourself, what would I do differently if I had to start from scratch again? You know, take a piece of paper and write down every idea you can think of, stupid or not, about a particular topic. Just, just write down a thousand things. And you'll be amazingly surprised what you come up with. And, and the one thing uh, that I think is very important to uh, basically end this thing mm -hmm. is it's reversible. You can actually, if you put your mind to it, and again, listen to The Strangest Secret, because The Strangest Secret basically holds the secret that you can reprogram your mind you must say to yourself, I'm gonna question why I believe this. Why do I believe this? Be free and you know, don't worry about it. Uh, you know, one thing about it, sometimes to stand away from the crowd is the most important thing you can do in life. So if everybody believes something, respect them. You know, don't get violent or, or aggressive about it, but you know, your mind is like a piece of soil. Whatever you plant in it will give you back. Don't worry about what people think. That's exactly right. And friends, let us all highly resolve that we are going to unbox our thinking, unlimit our thinking as adults in our everyday lives, and never, ever, ever stop asking why. And I think we are going to have lives that uh, beyond our imagination. And why we're saying this is because our time is up. That's right. <laughs> So, friends, we hope you enjoyed our show, um, gave you something to think about, and never stop asking why and encourage those around you to never stop asking why. So, Norb, always a privilege to be Amen. with you. Amen. Same here. Thank you. Bye-bye. God bless. Friends, we'll see you next time. For Norb Savanasini, this is Al Edwards, and we will definitely see you on our next podcast. Bye-bye.